And uh, direct your, your hands up towards me because since I'm the one on deck and I'm going to be speaking what the Lord's given to me, it needs to be clear and you need, you need to be a part of this word. So Father, I pray right now, Lord, I thank you that you will anoint my, my words, anoint my lips, Father. Father, everything you want said today, I thank you that it will go into the hearts of the hearers today, Father. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Jesus, I hold your hand this morning as I walk and I talk and I tell them of the goodness of God in the land of the living. And I thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you. All right, thank you. Okay, well, maybe the last time you did ask, I didn't have anything, and so I'm not going to get up if I don't have something, but before he asked this time, I actually, God was giving me something, and I didn't tell him because I knew he'd say, hey, well, then just, just get up there and say it, but I'm like, I'm just going to wait, you know, just going to wait. I'm so glad that you're back. Good to see you. Anyway, okay, so today I'm talking about, and this is something that my husband and I were talking about a couple of weeks ago, about the process versus product. Process versus product. So many times people look at the product, they think they're looking at the product. They look at the product and they're like, wow, if I could just be there, if I could just do that, if I could just have that. But they didn't take time to consider the process. Here I am looking at the Johnsons right here, the king, queen of the house. How many years married? 55 coming up right around the corner. Yes, let's honor them. Well, you think 55, wow, that was, that was easy breezy. Here they are, they're still smiling. She hasn't killed them yet, you know, so they must be doing something right, right? And then we have the Smiths. How many years for the Smiths? 52, let's honor them, come on. So they make it look so easy. They make the process Look, oh, look at the product of 52, 55 years. You know what? So we're going to talk about the process today because we're all in process. I used to say a lot because I, I have a lot of interest, a lot of varied interest. And I used to say I'm a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And the Holy Spirit said, nope, you stop saying that. He said, as long as you have the master living on the inside of you, and you've been around the block a few times. Not the mountain, praise the Lord. I've done circling the mountain. But we've been walking with the Lord for a certain amount of time. He said, you have mastered a few things. That doesn't say we can't get better. But nor do we say, well, I'm just a jack of all trades. I'm just, I just know a little bit about. So, so with that, we need to know what the process is because I'm still in process. If you saw the product of me, this would be my funeral. We'd be attending my funeral today if this was my product. Because that means it's, it's, my process would be done, right? So you're not looking at my product. You're looking at my process. So in, the, in, in my preparation, in my thinking about this, the Lord directed me to the potter and the clay. And I have a friend who's a potter. She lives in Tulsa. And she wrote a little book, so I got it out. And I started going through it, and wow. Is anybody in here, have you ever thrown clay? Anybody have a wheel or you, you I, why am I not surprised? Oh, and you too, all right. So Dave raised his hand, Dave Reinebo. Um, do you even have a kiln? Do you have a kiln? All, do, you, do, you just throw, do you just throw clay at, at Ellen? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, okay. No, no. So anyway, so the one time when I was in Tulsa, I called my friend and I said, I want to do some pottery. And I'd seen some of her work. And so she's like, okay, come on over. So she takes me outside. I thought we we're going to throw clay on the, the wheel, you know, and get all dirty and all that stuff. But she said, pick, pick, a, pick a leaf. And well, she took me over to an elephant ear and she said, pick the leaf you want to do. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What is this? So it's a process. So I'm just sticking with her. So I, I, I said, well, that one. So she cut it off. I'm like, you just sacrificed your elephant ear for me. But look what the look what happened out of that elephant ear. Isn't this gorgeous? Now, this didn't just happen yesterday, and it wasn't completed when I left her house. 
We got it started. We did the imprint. You know, first we cut it out. We did the imprint. We, we, we pressed it. We rolled it. So my point of even talking, trying to do my best about talking about pottery is I don't know that much. But my point is there's a lot to it. There's clay. There's different types of clay. There's what goes into clay. What are the characteristics of clay? There's different colors. There's different regions that you get different clay. So I thought, you know what? I'm not qualified. So Lord, I'm just going to highlight that. And I'm, I'm going to ask her to be on my podcast. So we'll talk about it more in length on my podcast. But she wrote this book from the potter's house. And I tell you, it's so amazing everything that goes on with a, uh, making a pottery. So the next time you're using that mug or that bowl that's a piece of pottery, know that it, the process, the process that went through. Well, something that I can speak to that I do know a little bit more about other than pottery is baking. Who likes to bake? Who likes to eat? Hey, all right, I've got everybody in the room. Well, right now, I would like for our ushers to hand out a little goodie. I am a children's pastor by training. I started in children's ministry when I was 10, and the first time somebody called me ma'am, I took me back, but I realized, wait a minute, that's respect. I'm gonna receive that. And so, anyway, so in children's ministry, there's snacks, right? So hey, if you, want, if you want snacks in church, just volunteer in the children's ministry and you'll get some pretty good snacks. Well, you don't have to wait. If you've got it in your hand, feel free to go ahead and partake. You can say, this is a little banana bread communion going on here, okay? So if you're wondering before you partake what is in the banana bread, let's put the ingredients up on the screen. Now, the ingredients of banana muffins are all really good. This is, this is our recipe, Jess, all right? So number one, we start with almond flour. Then we're gonna add some oatmeal, this particular recipe. Of course, you need bananas for banana bread, right? Pretty good, is it good? Okay. Now, you may look at the shape. Some are really looking like muffins and others look like a, maybe like an upside down donut. So disclaimer on that, I only have one muffin tin that makes a double batch, but then my daughter wanted to make donuts one time, so she went out and got this really cool donut tin. So that's why, but it all works, right? It's all the same ingredients. So you've got bananas, you've got maple syrup, a couple of eggs, free range eggs, may I add, and then vanilla, baking soda, probably wouldn't eat by itself, but it's up there, and cinnamon. Now, growing up as a kid, my mom would bake, now I'm a scratch baker, and so you get all ingredients. I used to come home from the grocery store and my kids and husband were like, what can we eat? And I'm like, well, there's all ingredients. So you can wait or, you know, but growing up, who remembers the tub, the can of Crisco shortening, right? It was beautiful. It was pure white, it was fluffy, it looked great when you beat it up. Oh, it looked so, and everything it was in was amazing, right? Everything looked amazing. So who actually tried the Crisco at least once? At least once, right? Just one, at one time is all it took. It, 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 last, it was a memory that you will never forget, right? It was the best lard you ever had, right? The best looking lard. Anyway, but it was an ingredient that you really don't want to eat again. But my point is, this, it, what you're eating, you're eating the product that started as a process. Now this process, you still couldn't eat it until you had to bake it, right? It had to go through fire. Same thing with the potter. The pottery had to go through extreme fire so that the maker, the potter, would know that it was fit for the master's use, right? That it wouldn't crumble, and if it, if it had different things in it, in any, in any flaws in it during the firing process, it would explode. It wouldn't be able to make it through the fire. Well, our goal, our job as pastors are to build big people who can stand within the fire and not explode. We're here to build big people who know who their God is, who knows how to wield their sword of the Spirit, who are dressed in the armor of God, 
and know how to use this. So, talking about process. And another little word, yes, we had some leftover, we had extras. So here's a good word, I always try to, I don't try, it just happens. I overbake or I overcook and there's plenty around. People are like, oh, I don't really bake, it's just, the, it's just me or it's just the two of us so I don't do the, that much anymore. Well, come on, don't you have neighbors? Don't you have, have maybe a single mom that you know in your life or a single dad? So your, your, your overflow is to bless others. So before you leave, if there's extras in the bag, or the ushers are like, shh, we gave them all away. But if there's any extras, feel free to take and to give. So out of, out of your overflow. So it also helps the waistline too. So anyway, so process versus product, we don't choose one over the other. It's the chicken and the egg. It's the muffin and the tea. It's the potter and the clay. So we can't have one without the other. Where am I on my notes? I'm just all over the place. Now, there's no magic, okay? There's, 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 there's no quick remedy to the process. There's no sleight of hand. You don't just wake up one day and you're married 52 years. No, it didn't just happen. Every day you woke up married. You went to sleep married. You woke up the next day, married. Regardless how you felt, regardless how you feel, you're married. If you're married, you're married, right? So you can't, you can't just do a quick thing and, and get to the product. Studies reveal that people who are in the Word at least four times a week are overcomers. Yeah. That's what we're going for, overcoming in this world. If I ask you, hey, how's it going? And you go, well, under the circumstances, pretty good. Well, I'm gonna say, what are you doing under there? What are you doing under the circumstances? We are called to be overcomers, and the word is the only way to do it. All those ingredients in the muffin, all the ingredients to be overcomers are right here in the Word. Amen? The Bible is a, is a playbook of sorts for those sports enthusiasts. It's a love letter. We all know that. It's also a history book, and I like to say his story book. It's a recipe book, an instruction manual, a step-by-step. -step. So we've got to get in the Word because you know what? Stuff that's stored up will show up. So make sure what you're storing up doesn't blow up. You want the word when you don't need the word. You want, if you're, if you're, be, if you're going through the fire, what comes out of you has been what you've been storing up. So make sure that you're in the word every day, at least four times, five times a week. And this doesn't count. This is the cherry on top. Okay, so we've got Bible study throughout the week. You can do personal study. You can do Zoom study. You can do text study, whatever. But just get in the Word and talk about it. That's what we're doing this morning. Let's have a little Bible study. Let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. The first time we open the Word, we give a shout out, a holler, a, a, to honor the Word. That's why we go, woohoo! Yeah, we're honoring God's Word. James chapter 5. Why are we supposed to get the Word of God in? This is a good reason to get the Word of God in. And it tells you step by step. Verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are you happy? You should sing praises. Are you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Now let's have a little bit of fun. Remember the part about being a children's pastor? So let's, let's play a little game here. So it's multiple choice, so hang with me. It won't, shouldn't be too difficult here. All right, so suffering hardships. We just read this. Are you suffering hardships? You don't have to raise your hand, but should you? Let's, let's pick your answer. A, call a friend. Should you just run to the phone before you run to the throne? A lot of people do that. Call a friend. Or should you be suffering hardships? Should you binge watch reality TV series Homeless, Life on the Street? 
at least I don't have it that bad, right? I'm still suffering hardships. Or should we see dumpster dive for cardboard and fashion a tragically misspelled sign that looks like the Chick-fil-A cows drew it? Will work for I'm suffering hardships. Or what does the word say? D, everybody. Pray. pray. Okay, you passed the first, the first question. You should pray. All right, second question here, according to the word, is anybody happy? Anybody happy? Everybody will agree we're happy? Okay, so number one, do you A, perform the Charleston happy dance? Who's ready? Come on, come on. Oh, I see James jumping up there. Or do you B, sing Pharrell Williams' song, I'm happy? Yeah, okay, right, right, right. Or C, do you go eat at Chick-fil-A? Maybe not nowadays, so. I, it's, it's funny, I just wrote this two days ago and now nobody's like, no, no Chick-fil-A. Or do what? Russell can take your order, yes, 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 yes. Or do you D, sing praises? Sing praises, okay. So if y'all said D, uh, D sorry, that's all right. Should be. Sing praises is the right answer because the word clearly says, if you're happy, sing praises. All right, third question, are you sick? Is anyone here sick? You should, A, cough and sneeze all over people. Excuse me, <coughs> a, little dry, a little dry pocket there. Or letter B, Totally ignore all your symptoms and simply say over and over, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, <coughs> I'm not sick. That's not going to do much, is it? Or C, eat Chick-fil-A chicken noodle soup, right, right? Or D, call for the elders of the church. D, right, that's right, call for the elders of the church is the right answer. And the Bible says that. So if you forget the right answer, just turns to, turn to James chapter 5, verses 13. Now, such a prayer, now keep, keep going on with that. Verse 15 says, such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Look at verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces great, wonderful results. There's results, product. Process is pray, sing praises, Call for the elders of the church to pray, your pastors. And when you call your pastors, we're, here's, here's, our, here's our culture here. Call us with a scripture that you're standing on for the situation you're walking in, walking through, and we're gonna give you more scriptures, and we're gonna encourage you in your faith to stand firm as you walk through that trial. Yeah, tears may be involved. Yes, coming alongside and holding you physically up in the fire may be called for, and we're all for that. But we don't wanna hear people just fall off the face of the earth because they just fell apart, and they ghost you now because they don't know what else to do. Or you know too much, so I'm gonna just go to another church so I can just not be known. Come on, we want to build up big people that know God loves them regardless. You cannot out God's grace. He loves you that much. And we as pastors are here for the long haul. We're here to walk the fire with you because the, the, the ingredients of the gospel are, are, are in our people. We're putting them in every day so that when the, the world seems to be coming to an end in our lives, baby, we can stand and no fear. We can stand and no worry. We can stand and not panic. We can stand and not faint because we're gonna run the good race set before us to our product. And our product will be well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and faithful preacher, well done, good and faithful singer, well done, good and faithful usher. 
Well done, good and faithful servant. And that means saying yes to Jesus. Just say yes to his plan. His plans are always good. So, the word says confess to God. That means repentance, that kind of repentance, when we confess to God, that kind of repentance brings forgiveness of sins. I can't forgive your sins. I can forgive a wrong that you've done to me, but that's where we confess to each other. James says, confess your sins to each other that you may be healed. That kind of healing is talking about healing in relationship. Isn't that good? We can heal one another through our confessing of sin, confessing of wrongdoing, confessing of shortcomings, and that brings healing in relationships. Oh, that was so good when Holy Spirit showed me the difference between the two. Let's turn to John 10, 10, because remember, we are in process of growing and building and overcoming every temptation of the enemy of our souls. Now let's figure out what those temptations are. What does the enemy of our soul wanting to do? What is his job? We told you what, 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 what our process is and what our product wants to be. Overcomers in him, but John 10:10 clearly states exactly what the thief's purpose is. And it says in the Passion Translation, the thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Let me stop right there. What does that word destroy actually mean? It means to erase any memory that you ever existed. So when people are talking about your family and they, they're like, oh, remember Ella? Yeah, well, who was, what, who? I don't know what you're talking about. She, what? think about that. He's trying to totally take your existence on this planet destroyed. And that's not God's plan. That sounds like identity theft to me. So the enemy is trying to flip boys into girls, girls into boys, men into women, whatever he's trying to do. <clears throat> it's identity theft. And we know who we are in Christ because we're in the Word and we know what the Word says. And our tool belt is getting sharpened today. But, come on. But I, that's Jesus, Jesus has come to give us everything in abundance, more than we expect, life in its fullest until we overflow. That's that extra banana muffin. That's the extra that we can give out. If I give you my banana muffin, I'm, I'm depleted. I don't have one. But if I have two banana muffins, I get one and you get one or I get one and a half and you get a half, but however you wanna do your math, right? So don't jump there, but the end of James chapter five and verse 16, it says, we want to produce wonderful results. If God didn't care about the process, he would have just taken us to heaven as soon as we became a follower of Jesus. As soon as we said yes to Jesus, oh, 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 oh I'm gone, I'm out of here. We'd be done. But that wasn't God's plan either. Because if he'd have taken us right out of here, his work would not get done on this earth. He has given us a brand new future. We have no past. He has given us a perfect future in Christ. But God needs us here to take possession of the land. He has given us that land, but the Israelites had to conquer it. He said, here, Here's the land, but they had to go in and do the work. This is a phrase that, that our generation, it's new to us. We didn't really work, we, we, we lived it. We didn't just talk about it. And it's the phrase, do the hard work. Have you heard that? I mean, you got, got to do the hard work. Got to do the hard, well, like I said, we were raised doing the hard work. Not, it wasn't a mental thing, it was a physical thing. Well, now I hear people, and I was, as, as, as I'm out in community and we're talking, and maybe they're going through a rough patch in, their, in, in, a, in a relationship, they're like, yeah, gotta do the hard work. Well, do it. 
do the hard work, do the work that you need to do to bring that relationship back. Do the work that you need to do to bring this relationship back. It doesn't just happen. You can call it work, whatever it looks like to you, but do it. See, God needs us and our salvation wasn't just for us. Our salvation was to bring others in to the kingdom and the family of God. It takes people to reach people. If God would do it all by himself, it would be done. He's a good God and he, he, he desires that no one should perish. Why hasn't he come back yet? Well, what are you doing about that? What are you doing with your air today, with your oxygen? Don't let it go to waste. Say yes. His blood was poured out for you and for me. So we gotta be about the master's business. It's very simple. The gospel is extremely simple. He says, Jesus says, I am the only way. There's only one way, one truth, and one life. There's not, well, there's your truth and there's my truth. No, there's the truth. Well, there's many ways to God. No, there's not. There's one way, and his name is? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. I'm talking to big people in here. Jesus said at Lazarus' rebirth, I am the resurrection and the life. No man can come to the Father. So that's John eleven twenty five. 25. The Lord directed me to go back into my personal journal back in 2020. Ooh, crazy times, right? And it said, um, I just, there it is. It said, God, God showed, to quote me, God showed me that he wants his culture, the Bible, lived out on a daily basis in business dealings, in education, in personal and professional relationships. As we allow God to live in and through us, he will bring heaven down. Sounds like earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. Then he directed me to Isaiah 61 in the New Living. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me, us, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent us to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent us to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Sounds like a process that we get to be a part of. That's why he's not done with us because we've got to do this. And I wrote, as we bring the good news to the poor, and I put in parentheses, food, who, who, who were all about the food giveaways that we were doing? He came out and helped us with that. To feed the hungry, comfort the brokenhearted, love those who don't love us back or even loved us first. They'll love you after you give them a box of food. But we give them a box of food before they even loved us. That's what the gospel's all about. In theory, life is perfect, but reality is real. So how are we personally maturing spiritually? Remember the church is not a building, even though this is wonderful. The church is not a building. The church is people, and God is all about people. Jesus came to die on a cross for buildings? No. Jesus came to die, and the joy set before him looked like what I'm looking at right now. You are the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross, even the shame on the cross for you and for me. Let's turn to Mark chapter five. Here's a great example of process. Now this account of the madman of Gadaria, there's three different accounts. There's one in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're gonna, we're gonna highlight and hang out in Mark chapter five. But I wanna bring out something in the, in the Matthew account. In Matthew chapter eight, which we're not gonna turn there, but in verse 28, it talks about two men. There were two men. Now Matthew doesn't give a lot of descriptions and it's a very short account, but it's the same story, same region. And depending on what, 
what um, version you, you, you read, it's spelled differently. There's either, I've always grown up hearing it as Gadarean, the Gadareans. There's also the Gennarisons. I think it's a lot like Springdale and Tawny Town. It's really the same thing. So if you, you, you all catch my drift now. Okay, just saying. So are we at Mark chapter 5? Ah, uh, let me get there. Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read. Here we go. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadareans. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. I'm going to stop right there. The, the account in Luke, we're not going to go there, but the account in Luke gives more details because he's a doctor. So he described this man for a long time. He had been homeless and naked, leave, living in the tombs outside the town. And I have a wonderful author that I follow. Her name is Liz Curtis Higgs, and she authored a book called Mad Mary, Demonic Possession of Mary Magdalene. And she used the word, she described, he was clothed in only sunlight and starlight. So you get the picture. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit of the story. Jesus, you know, he comes to him. Then Jesus hushes the demons. The demons start talking to Jesus, not the man, but the demons start talking to Jesus. And they say, don't send us to a, a desert place, which we have authority to do, by the way, by the word of the Lord. Um, but Jesus ends up throwing all 2,000 demons into a, a herd of pigs. The pigs run over uh, the the cliff into the water, and all, all the herdsmen, all, all the pig herders run into the town, and it's all a commotion. So I'm going to jump down to verse 18. After Jesus drove out the demons, the man, the madman, who was now turned the, new, the Passion says he was now clothed and speaking intelligently. The New Living says fully clothed and perfectly sane. Begged to go with Jesus, verse 19. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Just because Jesus says no, God told him no, doesn't, it wasn't a rebuke. Oftentimes God has a better plan. If Jesus would have said, sure, jump in the boat, you can be my front man and tell them everything I did for you, and then they'll come and listen to me. No. He said, no, you need to stay, and you need to show them the process of what God did for you. Because if he'd have been whisked away, right-minded, fully clothed in his right mind, the townspeople would have been left with rumors. Did that really happen? Well, we'll see how long that lasts. Well, I'm not sure about that. And they would have turned promises into rumors. See how important it is to go through your process. But what are you showing the world through your process? Are you showing them worry or wisdom? Are you showing them panic or peace? Are you showing them faith or fear? We choose. We pick and choose. Do you know that drama is a choice? 
You can see chaos and go, no, I love you, but I'm not gonna be part of that. Now, this is what the word says. And when the chaos stops, because who's the author of chaos, confusion, vagueness? The enemy, the enemy of our souls who's trying to steal, kill, and utterly destroy us, and we're not gonna let him do it. So the lesson of that story was the madman turned right-minded man needed to stay so his very family wouldn't say, well, let's see, let's see how long this, this is gonna last. Oh, he wants, to, he wants to learn how to ride horses now. Okay. Or, oh, he wants violin lessons now. Or, oh, now he wants to go be a, a welder or whatever, you know? Because we do tend to flit from one thing to another sometimes. That's, all not, that's not all bad, but they needed to see the power working, the, 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 the wonderful working power, the staying power of being touched by Jesus. They need your neighbors, your family. You may think there's no changes going on in your family. They better see changes in you. You know, you're going from glory to glory and you're not, you're not backing up. We've got to remember this phrase, but stick with me because it gets better. Who's ever heard hurting people hurt people? Right? We've heard that all of our lives. Well, hurting people hurt people. Well, it doesn't end there. Phil and I heard this a couple years ago and we're like, yes, but whole people heal people. So which one are you? Which one am I? That locates us. Hurting people hurt people, but whole people heal people. Come on, Jesus. We, the church, are here for people. Rome wasn't built in a day, but the church was. On the day of Pentecost, the church was born. Everyone has stuff. Everyone has stuff we're dealing with. Everyone's in their own process. None of us are living what our product is yet. Thank the Lord. Keep having birthdays. Thank you for having another birthday. Who had a birthday this week? Oh, Ellen had a birthday this week. Looky there. Happy birthday, Ellen, right? Who's, who's gonna have a birthday this year? Yeah, this year. Yeah, come on, let's celebrate. Yeah, who had a birthday already this year? Woo, Woo, come on, right? We love birthdays. Even John Maxwell, who you think could do no wrong, he's a prolific author and, I mean, just a great communicator. Even he said about his young John Maxwell days, I'm still in process and I've I've not reached my full potential yet. I wanna get better. So we can all get better. Go ahead, uh, Rebecca. Now, you may think, well, I don't really like my process. Some things that you've said are a little, you know, too close to home. Don't get stuck in shame. Shame is not for anyone in this building. Shame, it comes from the enemy. But here's some homework assignments. So those of you who have been taking notes, because note takers are world changers and history makers, come on. Write this down, read Psalms 34, the whole chapter. You can do it, baby. The whole chapter, Psalms 34. I said this earlier, but you cannot outsend God's grace. Guilt says, I did something wrong, but shame says, I am wrong. See, shame does not come from God. So never say or stop saying or rearrange what you're saying. Oh, shame on you. No, shame off you. Shame off you. Guilt brings us to conviction. So guilt is not bad. Guilt is not all wrong because it brings us to a place of conviction. The Holy Spirit, when you feel like, oh, I need to make that right if it's between you and God, if it's between you and another person, 
go to that person and make it right. Confess your sins one to another so that they and you will be healed. But condemnation comes from shame and confusion. So right then and there, you know exactly where shame comes from. It comes from the enemy of our souls. The enemy is the accuser. If he has nothing specific to accuse you of, he will be vague. He uses vagueness to confuse and convolute the situation. This was a fresh revelation just Friday. When things come against your character, when things come against you, if you're accused of something that you're just like, I don't know what, what's going on, you go to the Holy Spirit, number one. If the Holy Spirit has not revealed it to you, then just let it, let it, let it fall. Let it just fall off. If Holy Spirit is convicting you, then you better obey because it won't go away. And if you don't, that's where the callous comes in. That's for another whole message. I'll let my husband preach on that. But nothing is vague and nothing is unclear. God's word is yes and amen. His promises are for you, therefore today. And he wants your heart healed. He doesn't want you floundering in the process. Well, oh, I messed up again. I'm just in process. He wants you to go from glory to glory. All those ingredients in the banana muffins were good ingredients. He wants your process to be good and gooder and gooder and gooder. And it's gonna bring about an amazing product when Jesus comes back. It says in Ezekiel chapter 36 in the New Living, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. He even helps us with the process. He says, here, come to me. Let me take that out and put this back in the heart of flesh, the heart that's, that's ooey and gooey and sensitive. And I don't know why I'm crying all the time. God's doing a work. God's doing the processing you. Never lose your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Always come in and be ready. Don't be like, okay, prime me. I'm just, I'm just depleted. This is the time we come and minister unto the Lord. We come full so He fills us up again so we can go back out. It's a constant river, constant flow. I'm going to end in 2 Peter verse chapter 1 in the Passion. This is another wonderful process. I love it. And we're going to start in verse 5. So devote yourselves to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness, and to goodness add understanding, and to understanding add the strength of self-control, and to self-control add patient endurance. This kind of sounds like a recipe. And to patient endurance add godliness. And to godliness, add mercy toward your brothers and sisters. That's something that we're supposed to do. Now you may think I'm just going to come to the altar, lay, my hand, lay hands on me and just put it in me right there. No, that's not how it works. That would be a quick product. Now Jesus and Holy Spirit are all about instant miracles and all about getting you where and taking taking, um, uh, what's it called, when you, uh, taking addictions away instantly. But more times than not, it was a process. They just started loving God more than they loved the cigarettes. Now, I'm not saying cigarettes are a sin. They're not going to keep you out of heaven. They might get you there a little quicker, but I'm just saying. 
But when you go for God, like you used to go for the, for the beer, when you go for God, like you used to go for the drugs, when you love Him more than the pornography, you'll find that you, you don't have a hunger for that anymore because you're going after Him. So these are steps in a process that we take. So the last thing I said was, and to patient endurance, add godliness, and to godliness, add mercy toward your brother and sisters, and to mercy toward others, add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within you, and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Who's in? Yeah, I want, I want some of that baked goods right there. Well, remember I was saying in Matthew, the, the Matthew account of the madman, he talks about there were two men. Just this morning, I was asking the Lord about that right here in this room at early morning prayer. Why does Mark and Luke, they don't mention two? And this is, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I'm a Bible reader and a believer. Maybe only one pulled and asked and wanted to be free. Because Matthew said there were two. But we hear of only one getting free. I want to be that one. I don't want to be the one that missed it, that missed an opportunity to get more from God. I want to be the one that He says, nope, you, you've, you're healed, now go and tell. I don't want to be the one that was never written about again. I want my legacy, I want your legacy to be that one of look what the Lord has done. Taste and see what the Lord has done. It's good. Taste and see the Lord is good. That's, we're supposed to be salty that way. We're supposed to be good. Was it good, Paul Evan? Was the muffin pretty good? Yeah, he, he's tried it. There's a free muffin over there. Go get it. But let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want you to search your heart. Everyone's on a different stage of their process. Godly character shines over time. Anyone can shine for a short time. But it takes strength of godly character to shine during the process. And I speak Philippians 1.6 over everyone here and everyone listening to this message. I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Man, the Word is alive. I recently heard some lyrics in a song that reminded me of this process. And it was, a, it was a Kim Walker Smith song. I think it's kind of new. It's, it's entitled Stones. But there was a portion in it that said, the longer the wait, the longer I'll praise. The longer the pain, the stronger, the stronger the pain, the stronger my faith grows. The higher the need, the higher I'll reach. The greater the cost, the more I'll believe for. See, that for the first phrase is the process. The second part of it is the, pro, is, is, is the, pro, the product. The longer I have to wait on the promise of God, the longer I'll praise. The stronger the pain in my body or in my heart, the stronger my faith will grow because my faith is not based on circumstances. It's based on what the Word says. 
The higher the need, the higher I'll reach, the greater the cost, the more I'll believe for. So you know what? The enemy can't have me regardless. The more he throws at me, the stronger my faith is growing. The more into the word we get, the more patience is built in us. So if you're here today and you've dealt with some shame and blame, just kick that to the curb because we don't play around with that. We don't entertain it. We don't give it a muffin. <laughs> There's a children's book. If you give a mouse a muffin, I mean, he'll just basically take over the whole house. So we don't entertain. We don't feed the cat of shame and it keeps coming back. We starve that. And if you're feeling guilt, that's conviction that the Holy Spirit's revealing something to you that you need to go do. And that's the gift of forgiveness. So whatever the Holy Spirit is doing in this place right now, however many people are here, that's how, that's how many hearts the Holy Spirit's touching. Because we prayed, I prayed this morning that when this word goes forth, you'll get what you need. You'll be fed by the food that you need to eat on. You'll get a nugget that you can walk out of this place and that you're stronger and you're saying yes to the plan that Jesus has for you. So hold his hand right now because he says, child, I love you. Jesus came to bring us back to the Father. Nothing that we can do, we cannot be good enough, talented enough, gifted enough. None of that can bring us close to God except a relationship with Jesus. So Father, we give you our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, hover, hover and create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. And God, as we take care of your business, you'll take care of our business because your word says you will perfect everything that concerns us. So God, we give you this word. We thank you. We will act on it. We'll be doers of the word and not hearers only because we will not be deceived. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Did you get something out of that? Did it make sense? Well, it doesn't need to make sense because it goes in here, bypasses this. So thank you guys so much for your time. I'm gonna turn it back over to my husband.